Welcome to the Manifesting Clarity Podcast, where we work together to help you receive the answers to your big what's next question. Hi, I'm your host, Jen Roth. I'm excited to share how my journey of building a business as a massage therapist and herbalist has led me to my biggest passion, clarity coaching. My deepest desire is to help you create a life you absolutely love. So with each episode, I'll bring you firsthand stories and proven methods from industry leaders who have faced challenging decisions and stepped into their power to unlock a life of their dreams. It's my intention to bring you inspiration and answers so you can navigate your life's next big step. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are having so much fun week after week. And this week, I am thrilled to bring you Chris Natsky, a dear, dear friend who has been involved in my life through Clarity and a couple other companies that we were just chatting about and friends. Um, amazing bits and pieces. Um, but Chris is a powerhouse in many, many, many ways and has had a handful of pivots throughout his life that I'm super excited to talk to you about, especially those of you who are on this journey of really diving in and figuring out what is it that is is really lighting my heart on fire or what are those curiosities that I have in my mind? Even when we've had a, a few um, people on in the past that have thought that they were pretty positive, they were in the right path and in the right place. And then all of a sudden, there's something else that was coming through that was calling them to, to move and shift in something new and different. So Chris is a martial arts master, a speaker, coach, author, has been inspiring organizations and leaders and those who are very interested um, in learning how to get on stages, whether you're an entrepreneur or um, leaders, and it's your calling to, to learn how to speak. I know he's been on this journey. I've gotten to observe parts of this journey for some time and the creator of the champion's mindset. So this is so much. And I didn't even scratch the surface. So Chris, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. I'm going to have you tell us who you are, what you're up to, and um, and then we'll we'll dive into a couple more questions after that. But thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, thanks, Jen. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Man, I think you did a great job. <laughs> introduce me. I don't know much, much more to say. I'm a uh, I'm an eighth degree black belt, been doing martial arts my entire life. Um, in 1999, I was United States national taekwondo champion and then made a shift and uh, moved into the coaching and speaking world. I'm still very involved in martial arts and my students now own the schools here in the Denver area. But uh, no, I've just uh, martial arts has always been a passion of mine, still is to this day and kind of have always used it even early on when I was training as not only just fighting, kicking, punching, whatever, but as a vehicle for personal development. And that's basically what my platform is today through my work as uh, in black belt leadership and mind of a champion. That's so fun. So uh, what what inspired you? Did who did you learn about martial arts from somebody? Where how did that come into your yeah. life? Uh, you know, I love telling the story. I uh I actually started first of all I've started in 1973. And so to kind of paint the picture of that, martial arts were not very well known in the United States at that time. And that was right around the time that all the Bruce Lee movies were coming out. Mm -hmm. And there happened to be a TV show um called Kung Fu 
And some of you more seasoned listeners right, might remember Kwai Chain Kane walking across the American desert and going into the little cow town and getting confronted by the bad guys and beating them up using his Kung Fu. And when you're 10 years old, you think it's the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. So I literally begged my mom to go to my first class. And as soon as I went there and I saw these people with these amazingly powerful movements, I felt like I came home and mm. I've never left. And that was back in 1973. So that's fantastic. I love the words come home, right? I'm not sure how many of you listeners have experienced that yet in your journey, but I, my, my hope and my intention is that you have, and if not, then you will soon by continuing to dive in and and really figure out what, what it is that that is calling to you. And so often, at least for myself, I, there's so much from our youth and our childhood that if we look back to that, if you haven't continued to do it throughout your life, like you have Chris, um, then, then going back to that plants a seed and it really ignites a fire in, in such different ways. So what, um, so we were talking earlier when you started in your journey, where, where did you start as far as, is business and career and, and life path um, for, for work? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I actually started professionally after college. I was a, I played football at Northwestern University. So I was a, I was a division one football player. And then now all of a sudden I got married between my junior and senior year of college. And now I'm, I'm done with football and I'm like me, I, I think I need to get a job. <laughs> you know, I need to, I need to Love get on the it. stick here. And, and luckily, <laughs> um, Procter & Gamble Distributing Company was recruiting at Northwestern. And one day I was at practice. It was the last week of football in my career and the offensive line coach. And I was the, a linebacker. So I knew him, but I never worked with him before. And he said, hey, what are you doing next Tuesday? And I said, well, coach, my schedule's wide open. I'm done with football. And he goes, well, Procter & Gamble wants to talk to you. So they would literally go to the athletic offices and the sororities and the fraternities and they'd recruit. So I met with one guy on a Tuesday, met with his boss on a Wednesday, met with his boss on a Thursday, flew to Cincinnati two weeks later, and I was employed. So totally blessed, totally blessed, and spent my first 10 years out of college working with them as a a, a first management trainee. And then I moved into management and leadership with them and and, uh, calling on the grocery trade. I worked in the beauty care division, so I sold shampoo and deodorant. And uh, had a wonderful experience with them, Jen. Amazing people, amazing training, just loved it. But there was part of me that knew in my heart of hearts that this was not where I was supposed to be long term. And they had told me when I started with them, Chris, you can retire a millionaire with us. You'll be with us 30 years. You'll get the gold watch. You'll have the profit sharing program. And I knew I could be safe there, uh, but it wasn't where I was meant to be long term. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I am so grateful to hear this from you too, because so many people, at least that I've heard and in their journeys um, are feeling like they maybe when, when life is feeling good, we shouldn't be shifting or changing or, or making that, that happen or listening to that voice or that inner guidance that's telling us something a little bit different. And a lot of people often feel like that there have to be at a a choice point that's really frustrating or irritating or not being respected or not having the golden watch right presented in front of you as an opportunity. So what was that? What was, what was nagging at you or what was the inner dialogue and conversation that you were having with yourself in this great position, blessed life, 
things moving forward. Well, you, you, what you're saying so resonates with me. And I, I just want to say before I share that part of the story is I used to often wish I kind of hated my job when I was there because then it would have been easy for me to leave. That's right? what we think, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty good. I'm, you know, I'm doing well. I'm getting promoted and blah, blah. And, and so it made it even for me that much more difficult. But um, what had happened is every time I was getting a promotion, they would move us to a different city. So I started in Chicago, was there for two years, went to Southern California there for four, went to Cincinnati there for two and a half, and then finally landed in Denver for my last assignment. And my wife at the time looked at me, she and I had actually been high school sweethearts. So she knew my story. In fact, over my shoulder here, I have all my files, Jen, and I could I could literally pull out an autobiography I wrote when I was 11 years old okay. as an assignment as a fifth grader. And, you know, think about when I was one years old, I did this. When I was two years old, I did this. And in it, I wrote as an 11-year-old, when I was 10 years old, I started Taekwondo. I am now a blue belt. And one day I would like to make a career out of it. I have chills yeah. everywhere. Right. So that seed had already been planted. And so when we uh, moved to Denver, our, our boys were, I guess, around that time, 10 and six years old. And we loved the Denver area. And she looked at me, she said, listen, I know what, what's in your heart. And she goes, I know you've been wanting to do this your whole life. We love Denver. The boys love it here. Why don't you go for it? So, I mean, even though we're not together anymore, I am so blessed that she played that role in my life because I don't know as if I would have had the courage at that time, if ever, mm. right? And then it started to really germinate inside my mind. And, and then I would, you know, I'd be, I can remember one very distinct time. I was, my main customer was in Boise, Idaho, and we had a, a big uh, annual business review. And so think the CEO of the company is there, the president, the head, the COO is there. And I go up and I present and I sit back down. And all that starts running through my mind is the fact that I was going to be flying back to Denver later that afternoon and got to teach a martial art class at a grade school that evening. So <laughs> I knew at that moment I was not long for that world, right? Uh, but uh... but if, that if she hadn't been so supportive and persistent, in, in helping me follow my dream. I don't know if I would have done it that time. So super grateful for that. Wow. That's so fun. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a really neat, um, thought process for, for myself as a business owner and having staff coming through and interns and all of those pieces. I don't know. Somewhere along the way I heard it's about six to 12 months that people start dreaming and thinking about their next like choice or where they want to be or applying for their jobs. So their productivity at that, those points in time are like, we're checked out, right. We're going somewhere else. So right. it's always been just like the people that work with me might get tired of it. Cause they're like, we're on your team. We're here. We're excited for you. And yet I'm like, but what is it? Like, what, what do you really want to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's so true because I think that as entrepreneurs, we live our lives that way, right? We have followed our own dreams. And so quite honestly, we want that for everyone else, right? So I mean, I think, I think that I have this theory. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that you will, you'll abide by this as well, that if every one of us knew what our dharma was, if you will, what our, our purpose was in this lifetime, and we went for it, and we were really making it happen in that way, all the problems in the world would eventually go away because everyone would be so happy. They'd be doing what they want to do, and they'd want nothing more than everyone else to be doing the same. Oh, it's That's so just kind true. of my theory. I just really feel that way. It's so true. And as much as 
I love and appreciate the tea company like beyond. It has taught me so, 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 so much. Even today, I caught myself in a loop of, oh, I'm paying for a software that I need to figure out how to use. And I get caught in this place of like, oh, I could run an ad or I could run a campaign or I could figure this thing out. And just in that moment, I got tapped on the shoulder and a dear friend of mine who has been with me since the beginning of beginning to like really step into coaching sent a message. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, because what am I doing spending like is not my passion to go figure out an ad and figure out how to, you know, I I love and I appreciate being able to serve moms at the deepest level. I'm so grateful for that but it is and nourish people in general, but that is not my Dharma. And so it is just like, uh, I being on this call with you today and here with you and getting to share your journey and your story. Like I can, it just starts to energize me at a totally different level and frequency. And I can feel and hear the sensations in people's bodies that it's going to land in when they get to hear a story about, being a football player or what they're going to do for their next step for their very first job or how to have listen to your spouse and trust that person at that period of time. And, and then also appreciate them right at a level that is like, we all come in for chapters and seasons and periods of time in, in someone's life. And we don't always know what the gift is from those, those pieces until years later, but yeah. So I can't, I thank you so much for sharing that because it's, it's just totally true. And then I think the other thing that I heard the other day is if we were to do the things that were challenging or difficult, but things that we know are going to propel us forward, then we would have everything we've wanted, we ever wanted, right? And, and listening to that internal, though, dialogue and guidance, not from the external. And I, I don't think that that could re- resonate more with a martial arts person. Um, cause there, I don't, there's the, the amount of time and practice and dedication and everything in order to achieve what you've achieved is profound. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything it's, it, you know, they say that it is a lifetime journey in martial arts, but I think any one of our passions are, yeah. you see anyone who's achieved a level of mastery in whatever field they they're in, you know, there's always the theory of the 10,000 hours, right. To, to yeah. attain mastery. But the other thing about that is, is that it it's it's not done just from a cerebral cognitive standpoint. It's done from your heart energy. It's something that you love to do and you resonate with it, right? There's a vibration there. It's kind of the distinction too that happens, and this can happen in work life. There's an entrepreneurism for that matter. There are some things that we just have to do to keep our businesses afloat, et cetera, that we maybe don't like to do. But if we are generally finding that we're always in a mode of have to, versus one, two, then we have to take a serious look if we're on the right path. Absolutely. Yeah. And just being drained and exhausted at the end of the day compared to, oh my goodness, like I can find a good handful of, of things that I'm really grateful for amidst some things that didn't feel so good today. Right. When, when, when that's weighing over the other, then, then I believe we're, we're truly on the the right path for sure. Not to say that life doesn't throw some curveballs. So you step into this vision and, and dream that you've had in knowing, inner knowing, it sounded like since you were 11 or 10, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something else I've gotten to spend quite a bit of time with our nieces this summer. And they're at this prime, perfect, like 
stage where I just want to bottle up so much. And I was doing a call the other day and, and talking about confidence and the youngest one was goofing around and she's being playful and light. And, but um, I said, what does confidence mean to you? And she's eight. And she said, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, so are you a confident swimmer? I don't know. Are you a confident gymnast? Yes. And it was just like this wow. instant, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's so fun that even though um, we may have forgotten whatever it might be, that that the the younger spirit of us knew what we wanted to do and what we were up to, most likely. Yeah, and I think that as we as we grow older, sometimes it's not about learning more. It's about letting go of the things that we put on top of that original passion that you're talking about. Absolutely. And it's almost about unlearning, right? Yeah. Versus learning more and, and just being, you know, coming again from that heart centeredness. I mean, that's one of the things that martial arts always was for me. And I couldn't explain it when I first started doing it, but I not only love the expression that I was doing physically, emotionally, spiritually, but I also loved impacting other lives through that means. Even as a, you know, at 13 years old, 14 years old, I was, I was helping teach in classes and back in my little hometown in Wisconsin at age 16, I was training in a club and, um, our, our master instructor was 30 miles away. And the person who was leading that club left abruptly. Mm -hmm. So I went into my instructor 30 miles away and I said, sir, who's going to take over this, the club? And he said, you are. So at 16 years old, I was. I was doing that work. And interestingly enough, I, I reconnected with one of my old students from that time, who at that time would have been my teacher in high school. He was in his, oh, he was in his mid twenties, early thirties. And he said, Hey, I remember that article that the, the, the hometown newspaper did on you. And there was something they did around 1980. I'm dating myself. Now I was getting ready to test for at that time, my second degree black belt. And they came and interviewed me. So he said, I still have that article. Let me send it to you. And he sent it to me and it was in this pristine condition. And Jen, I'm reading the article and I started getting, you know, goose flesh because the things that I talk about and speak about now as a professional speaker and as a master instructor were the same things I was saying when I was 16 and 17. It just, it just blew my mind. I, I just, I was like, I could have almost been giving those same answers today. Wow. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, all right. So take us through to building a martial arts school. Yeah. That, that's well, what this is called. Yeah. Now. You know, it's, it started, interestingly enough, I, I always like to share this, particularly when I coach entrepreneurs who are going through that change. I always like to say that becoming an entrepreneur for me was not only the most exhilarating time in my life, but also the most petrifying time in my life. And in fact, Mr. Big, strong martial art guy, was having panic attacks during that transition. Mm. And um, one day in particular, I just, uh, I ended up, I ended up in the office of my ministers um, or the office of one of my ministers uh, church in the fetal position because I was so wrought with fear and uh, still to this day, have no idea how I left her office and ended up spending the night in the emergency room that evening and having the doctor say when I woke up the next morning that if I wouldn't have been such a well-conditioned athlete, I would have most certainly gone into cardiac arrest. Wow. So I, I like to share that with people because many times they they hear people that are on the other side of it and go, oh, that must have been easy for them. I was 
I was in this quandary because I was following my dream that I knew that's what I was meant to do. And I so wanted to do it. And at the same time, I was absolutely petrified by it and was ready to walk away from it. So if your listeners are out there thinking, you know, man, this is what I really want to do, but man, it's so scary. Know that on the other side of that fear is all the rewards and all the lessons. Now, I'm not saying you're unreasonable about it. I'm not saying that you you aren't um, taking, you know, I'm not saying to be super risky about it, but most of the time, the biggest fears are what we create in our mind. Because everyone in the world or in my community was telling me, this is what you're meant to do, go for it. But it was the fear of failure or maybe even the fear of success that really, really had me over the barrel. But I got on the other side of it. And now I think, my gosh, my life would have been so different if I would have stayed in the corporate world, selling shampoo and deodorant, right? The amount of people I would have I would have not been able to impact, to connect with, the friends, the students, et cetera. It just would have been a whole different life. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you shared that because there was a a dear friend of mine who started to experience having panic attacks and or for sure anxiety in a massive way. And I didn't understand until some of the risks started getting bigger and bigger and the leaps of faith. I was like, oh, yeah, like it's it's a bigger, it's a bit of a deeper breath for for this one, right? right? Um, building a tea company for, for labor and for moms who are in their fertility, pregnancy and postpartum journey. I often just, what comes to mind for me is like women's hips, literally opening and separating in order for a baby to come through. It's like, I think that's what we do as entrepreneurs. Like we're giving birth to something, right. And it's like, gotta take your breath away to some extent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, I've often heard it said that, you know, if it's, if your heart's not in your throat, at least once per day, you're not living, right? <laughs> so, so I guess I, I guess I kind of, I, I live that, but you know, it's so interesting when I look back at that time, um, though, so many of those fears, and I'll just speak for myself, were so irrational, you know? So at my, in my mind at that time, I felt if I fail this at age 33, my, my, my life is over. And now I look back and I go, if I would have failed, if I would have totally failed, I would have just gotten another job. You yeah. know, it wasn't like I didn't have other opportunities, but in my mind, I didn't. Yeah. And I think so many of us have that. And, or what we do is we make our contingency plans before we even go for it. Yeah. And I just, man, I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah. Because I had money, some money saved and I was able to get through. But as soon as I made that move, things started opening up. So I had, I had around 40 or 50 students that I was teaching at a grade school prior to that. I opened up the commercial location and within a year I had 200 students and the average martial arts school in the country at that time was 80 students. So I was two and a half times that and, and it wasn't my marketing, Jen, it was awful. But what I'm commi- what I'm convinced of, it was just, I was in my element. Yeah. I was in my Dharma and, you know, people just came to the door and within five years we had 500 students in one location. I'm not saying that to be braggadocious. I'm just saying when we're on track, doesn't mean we don't have challenges, but when we're on track and we're on, we're on purpose, things open up. That's the nice experience. Yeah. There's much more of an effortlessness or an ease to it. And, uh, the word effortlessness in, um, in this clarity world that you and I met through part of partly, um, 
I really struggled with for a while because I I didn't feel that in my business and I didn't feel that in some of the choice points that I was making, even though I had a clarity coach and I was moving forward in my life and I felt like I was doing what I was called to do. But the word effortlessness, I was like, I don't, I don't think so. But the first time I really got to lean in and step into coaching, I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. Like, the door is open, not to say there isn't work, not to say there isn't a lot of follow-up and a lot of money invested and all of the bits and pieces, but yeah, it's, it's just a totally different vibrational frequency. Yeah. Well, and I'll take that word effortless in another context. Cause I know what I've dealt with throughout my life and I still have to be careful, um, is thinking that it can't be effortless, that yeah. I have to work, you know, 80 hours a week in order to do this. And the, the fact of the matter is, is it's not necessary. Are there times as, as an entrepreneur that we've got to go above and beyond? Absolutely. But it doesn't have to, when I found I was doing, I was doing it from a position of lack, mm-hmm. feeling like I wasn't good enough to deserve something. So I, of course I had to work hard to get it. And it doesn't mean, see, I think when we're on point and we have that good balance, we're working hard, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like play. Right. hundred percent. I was, yeah, when I was doing it, it was almost like a self-flagellation because I didn't feel I deserved it. And once I started overcoming that, that's when things started to open up as well. Yep. Yeah. I can say a hundred percent the truth. Same for, for myself. My dad um, has always said that it's going to take a ton of money in order to do anything. And it's going to take as much and as hard of work as you can possibly put forth. And mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said for that for sure. Yeah. I'm not downplaying anybody that is like really, truly working really, really hard every day. And, but when that shift happened, um, for myself, it was like the floodgates opened and all of a sudden I, I remember starting the company and people saying it's easier to go from, you know, a hundred thousand to a million than it is from 10,000 to a hundred thousand or something like that. I'm like thinking, what are they talking about? But it is you're in flow. Your systems are there. You've already right. paved the foundation, right? You're like, go. And you're if it going. is an alignment, it's go time. So, right. yeah. So this brings me um, so many times as you've been speaking, it makes me think of your board breaking. So can you explain that to the listeners and and yeah. who um, and what you're up to with that? Because that was also a transition point for you. Yeah, too, it was. Right? It was. Yeah. In fact, you know, I had my school. Uh, for 17 years. And again, some of the best years of my life, Uh, live a good life, very good life now, but it was some of the best years of my life, the students and whatever. But as what was starting to happen, and probably I went through divorce, right? So I was going through life change. And then right around 2010, 2011, I'm like, this just isn't lighting me up the way it used to. I mean, and I'd had a staff that I developed and they were doing quite well. And so I wasn't needed as much at the school. And But I had this, this feeling that I wanted to do more. And, and I had built my school through speaking, schools, organizations, et cetera. And I had been getting a lot of feedback like, you know, speaking and coaching is really something you should look at because I was doing a lot of coaching, life coaching, if you will, just at the studio. Parents and students would come to me on various uh, various issue, issues. So yeah, so I, I I started making that transition, and I started feeling like when I was at my martial arts studio doing the coaching is when I was having the most fun. You know, it, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy martial arts anymore, but I began to lose my passion for having that as an ongoing business. Now my students today still own the schools, and I teach all the time, and now I love it. 
right? Because I'm doing it because I want to be there, not because I have to be there. But I made the transition into speaking. And then the board breaking experience came probably about six, seven years ago. I was asked to put together a program for a good friend of mine here in the Denver area that was doing a, he does a boot camp uh, for entrepreneurs. And he was changing the name to Mastery Breakthrough Bootcamp. And he said, can you put together a board breaking experience? And I said, sure. So I did. And, and in that experience, you, you, we take a board that my black belts break and uh, you write on one side of the board a uh, breakthrough that you want to experience in your life or business. And on the other side, you write a limiting belief or limiting beliefs that have been holding you back. Mm-hmm. And then I systematically teach you how to break that board as a metaphor to anchor that. Anyway, I got done with the first one and all these people came up to me and said, so is this what you do now? You go around the country and and do this with companies and organizations? And I was like, yes, I do. And that's how that part of the business started. And so now I have been able to go around the country and do that. And it's one of the most, uh, I love doing the keynote speaking, obviously, but the board breaking experience is a whole different world because many people are not comfortable in their bodies, mm. right? And when they can express powerfully through their bodies in a way that they felt they never could, it can be a really emotional experience for people. So anyway, love, love doing that work. Yeah. And it reminds me of the, of, of our mind, right. And the stories that we're telling ourselves, like, so, so much of it is just this preconditioning, right. Of what we've said over and over and over again, and what we've believed over and over and over again. So these reactions that are happening in our body, and the physiology that's changing and the pharmacy that is just like all of a sudden pumping drugs through there, right? That's new and different causing anxiety or whatever the, I mean, the amount of fear that has been like just flushed into the world in the last couple of years is, it's a ton. And if I didn't have the tools and the resources and all of the education and the dear, dear friends that I have had, then it would have looked a lot different. And I could see myself in in a very challenged place. I've been in very, very challenged places. I was able to actually be with you and in the presence of of yourself and a lot of dear friends um, when I had a friend commit suicide. And that was the first person that I knew that chose to take their life. And I didn't know how to handle that situation in that moment, right? And so when we can see ourselves 30 years later or however later and and know that that story or belief isn't necessarily true, that's one thing, but learning how to change it in the moment. So do you have any things that you you teach or share in these these yeah. moments of breaking boards and and yeah, I just yeah, love well, the metaphor of like actually breaking the board because it's like dang it I'm going to break this belief now <laughs> like uh, I want it to be yeah. done exactly well exactly I mean what I do is I, I, I the, the seminar is structured around something I call the three C's of creating a breakthrough so the first one I know that you'll uh, you'll align with it's, it's clarifying your vision. You know, and, you know, we're talking about from an entrepreneurial standpoint and knowing, in my case, what I want to do at a very young age, I happen to believe that those, those visions that we have, those, those dreams that we have, those are implanted in us probably before we're even born. Right. And they're there for a reason. And they, they wouldn't be there if we weren't meant to express them. That's my belief. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they say, most people on their deathbed, when hospice workers are with them. They don't share their regret for the things they did. They share their regret for the things they didn't do. 
the risks they didn't take, the words they didn't say. So the first thing is about clarifying that vision. We do that in clarity work, right? Is getting super clear about what that needs to look like. Then after that, you know, I find that sometimes people can can be great about dreaming, but then now there's a practical side of that, and that's to create a plan, yeah. right? And and be able to have some very tangible steps that we can take. And in, in one of the things that I love to speak about is, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk in the coaching world about taking massive action. And I think that there are times that massive action is super important. However, um, what I find, it's more about taking consistent action, which is the third C, right? Because many of us can jump out of the gates and go for it for a week or two, and then we get a little bit off kilter and then it phases away. But it's the people that keep showing up, right? So you clarify your vision, you create your plan, and then you take consistent action. And I often share this in my talks um, about the, the power of incrementalism when we stay on point. So for instance, if we had an, uh, something in our lives, Jen, that we wanted to get 1% better at, and we decided that we were going to just commit to getting 1% better each and every day over the course of a year, at the end of a year, we'd be 37 times better. Okay. That's just the way the math works. But where it gets really cool is what if you did that for two years? Well, most people would say, I'll get 74 times better, right? 37 times two. It's not it. You get 1400 times better. Because good habits don't add up, they compound. And if you did that for five years, 1% better a day, you'd be 76 million times better. So what I always want to instill on, the, on my students and my coaching clients is get clear on that vision, clarify it. Let's put our plan together, but then take consistent action, even if it's a small thing each and every day to continue the momentum. And pretty soon you look back, a year's gone by and you're, you know, you're miles away from where you used to be. Awesome. So powerful. Oh, so good. All right. So we have journeyed through first chapter kind of, right? Business, corporate. We've got creating your own, I want to call it a studio, but your school. Yeah. Um, and now you're, or did you get an itch? Like it's clear that you want to speak and coach and dive into that because you have some awesome workshops and things going on yeah. with that. Well, too, yeah, right? it's, it's, it's so, thank you for asking. Cause it, it was just this evolution. And what's interesting is, is when I really sit down and look at it, I'm basically doing the same work, but now I'm doing it in a different way. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and in fact, when I first started speaking, I, I had in my mind that I had to be this Mr calm, cool, and collected. And I had to be very stoic and whatever. And my coach at the time who was teaching, you know, is coaching me for speaking, kept asking me to get more animated, just get more vivacious. And I was like, oh man, you know, get away from me. And then finally it clicked. That's how I taught martial arts. <laughs> right. And that worked for me. Why can't it work in this? And when I started leaning into that, then the speaking took off. And I had also been working with another coach who came to the martial arts studio to observe me one night. And I was, and he looked at me because I was in this place. What do I want to do next? This doesn't feel right. Don't know where I want to go next. And he looked at me, he said, you coach all the time. Why don't you look at coaching? This is the guy that was coaching me. He said, you really need to look at this because I'm observing you and that's what you're doing. And I was totally oblivious to it. So in many ways, I'm doing new work from owning a martial arts school. And in many ways, I'm doing the same work I've always done. Inspire, lead, empower people to realize their full potential and happiness. Mm -hmm. my, my methods may be different. My, 
and my vehicles might be different, but I'm still using the martial art metaphor when I speak and do the board breaking. I mean, I almost wanted to give that away. And I was meeting with another very well-known coach and asked him that question. And Jenny almost jumped out of his chair and grabbed me by the collar and started shaking me. He said, your unique selling proposition is martial arts. You know, you need to use that. And I thought, oh my God, you know, because sometimes we think the things that we do are ordinary and others think are extraordinary, right? Oh, a hundred percent. That's where I was. And then I started leaning in and going, okay, yeah, I guess I do have something here. So it basically evolved from that. And again, and it was like being a white belt again now, right? Yeah. Because in the martial arts world, everyone bows to me, calls me sir. And now I'm out giving a talk and I have to re-engage with a whole audience and learn how to develop rapport and, and develop proficiencies that I didn't before, but I loved it because it came naturally to me, but I also love the learning process. And um, so that that's kind of how that all came about. Melding of so many passions. Oh, it's so fun. So there is, um, so this passion of, of speaking, um, you now are, are offering some workshops and courses. What, what do you have in the mix? Yeah, well, I do. Well, thanks for asking. So I, you know, I, I think I shared it with you before we came online. Um, I've been speaking now for probably 10, 12 years and, I have a business collaboration with a good buddy of mine named J.B. Braden, and J.B. is also a professional speaker. We've got about 30 years speaking experience between the two of us, and we we had been sharing a lot of stages together on the um, in the Denver area, and he came to me one day, and he had already been teaching a speaking course, and he said, I think we need to collaborate on this, you know, because I bring things and he brings things. So we have a program called the Champion Speakers Academy. And what we do is we actually bring people in who either A, have an interest in being a professional speaker, uh, B, maybe they're in leadership positions in their companies where they want to have greater proficiency, or they want to go out in public and they want to promote their businesses and their services, which is what I did. That's how I built my martial arts school. So we bring them together for a two-day workshop. We help them identify the problem that they solve, the target audience. Uh, we help them to learn how to have strong calls for action uh, in there so that they can promote their businesses and their products and services. And they start just learning the basics. And by the time they leave us, they have a 25-minute keynote that they can go out and share in the world. Ah, so great. So great. And so where can we find you for yeah, all of well, this? If, I'm going to be giving you a link as part of it. We call it the Champion Speakers Academy. And our next one is going to be on August 19th and 20th here in the Denver area. And the link that I'll, I'll send out to you uh, allows people, if they have an interest, it'll give the details. And if they want to set up a 30-minute discovery call with me to learn more about it, I would love to have that conversation. Wonderful. And what is your website? Where can they find you on social media? How can, how Absolutely. can everyone find you, Chris? Thank you. If you go to www.chrisnatsky.com, that's C-H-R-I-S, N as in Navy, A-T-Z as in Zebra, K-E.com. And you'll go to my website, looks at my, my services I provide. And also I have a weekly blog called The Mind of a Champion Tip of the Week. And so you can subscribe to that as well, where I give a little little talks on, uh, you know, whatever's on my mind. And uh, in fact, today's, as I recall, was uh, talking about being contagious with kindness. And so uh, there's a whole, you know, different types of, uh, of subjects that I cover, but it's a great way to stay engaged. And people use it not only for their own lives, but they also use it when they're developing their staff as part of leadership training in their companies. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. 
Perfect. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for all of these just sprouts of inspiration and wisdom and following what your guidance is and what your beliefs are and sharing that with all of us. I thank you so much and so excited for this portion of your journey and getting to share it out with the world more and more and more. Thanks, my friend. Well, let me say too, I'm just super happy for you. It's been just great to watch you grow and blossom in the work that you're doing. And you, uh, you're a real light. So keep following that because the world needs you. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. Such a gift to have you here. All right. Well, thank you. We'll see everyone next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Manifesting Clarity. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others to find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.